It's time for Cadillac on Call on News Radio 610 KONA. It's your chance to learn valuable health information right here in our community. Now, the host of Cadillac on Call, here's Jim Hall. Hi, friends. Welcome to Cadillac on Call, presented by the Foundations of Cadillac. Each week, we are here to share important and useful health information available right here in our region and our community. This program is beginning its 14th year on the air dedicated to that mission of connecting you to important community health initiatives. During the COVID pandemic, that meant more than 100 consecutive weeks showcasing public health and medical experts to bring credible and valuable information to you, our listeners. And on today's program, we are going to extend that reach just a little bit more. We want to introduce you to an initiative that evolved during the pandemic called the Cadillac Community Health Resource Desk, staffed by community health workers, or the acronym CHWs. The service has proved extremely valuable all across our area, and especially to our more vulnerable populations. One of the leaders and people key in setting up the community resource desk at Cadillac is Molly Calhoun. She is the director of nursing for the Cadillac Medical Group among other things. And first, Molly, I know your role at Catholic touches a number of important elements of service. Why don't you begin by sharing just a little bit about your background and the role that you serve at Catholic? Yeah, thank you so much, Jim. Uh, So as you said, my name is Molly Calhoun. I am the Director of Nursing. I um, help support clinical operations in our medical group, so our clinics. Uh, I also oversee population health and inpatient case management which all um, kind of collectively go together when we look at how people move across the continuum of care and really um, how successful they are in the outpatient setting. Um, So uh, it it all ties together um, in a really nice way. A little bit about myself. I grew up in uh, eastern Oregon, very rural community, and I um, experienced firsthand some of the challenges that rural um, communities face for access to health care, uh, my mom actually used to do dialysis in our basement on my grandpa, and so I really became passionate at a young age about access to health care. Um, it's really what drove me to nursing, and I'm incredibly lucky to be able to do this um, and kind of advance my career and pursue some of that population health um, and social determinants of health. Focusing on those things as a part of my nursing career has been incredible. So I'm really excited to talk to them, talk well, to you about them today. Yeah, and I appreciate you taking the time. And re- you really bring out an interesting point because the listening area of probably where our radio program ventures into probably mirrors where the patients that Cadillac gets. And that means not only the folks within the Tri-Cities area, But as you mentioned, some of the rural areas down into eastern Oregon and throughout southeast Washington in places up the Yakima Valley, say it's Prosser. And then you get up into north of the Tri-Cities in places like Dayton and Othello and Moses Lake and places like that. So that's an area, as you talk, that word continuum, uh, it connects people so that if they need more specialized health services, they may end up in the Tri-Cities but still be, you know, an hour or two away from home. Yep, exactly, yes. Talk to me a little bit about the role with the community. That's kind of what we wanted to talk about tonight is what's called the community health, the community resource desk, but they're community health workers. What is the motivation behind that and probably how it ties into all of the roles that you, you play within Cadillac? Yeah, absolutely. So a big part of healthcare um, evidence 
and and research has found is actually not just your physical health, but it's your um, your social well-being that really contributes to your physical health. So socioeconomic factors, um, the data has shown that um, those who have more um, disparities in their socioeconomic status are actually more likely to have chronic disease and be higher utilizers of the healthcare system. So really what the community resource desk is, is us, Providence and Cadillac, realizing that and really looking at the services we offer and understanding, you know, how far upstream our services are getting. So when a patient is in the hospital, um, they already have an acute issue, right? Um, And when they're in our primary care and they're being diagnosed, they're already in that place where they have a, a chronic disease maybe or or a medical need that's rising in complexity. But maybe, um, as research shows, if we get upstream and we really focus on um, drivers of health, social drivers of health, we could intervene even farther upstream to really have a huge impact not only on our community but on our healthcare system that's already strapped. Um, and so the Community Resource Desk was really um, born out of that. It came to light during COVID um, that... COVID really um, highlighted and exacerbated all of these challenges we experience day-to-day in our healthcare system, and um, the poor and vulnerable specifically were really um, at risk for having higher rates of COVID and poorer outcomes. And what we found is if we can get to the community first, provide education, um, provide simple things, housing, good nutrition, access to healthy foods, transportation so that they can get to medical appointments, um, and, and many other social needs is that we can actually have often even a greater impact on an individual and a community's overall health. And so the community resource desk was really um, created to focus and provide resources, not just to patients who utilize Catholic health system, but to the community as a whole and, and focus in on some of those social needs um, and, and partner with community partners uh, to make sure our community members have somewhere to go um, to learn about other community resources and also help when they're trying to navigate an incredibly complex health system. And again, not necessarily Cadillac only, um, but other partners we work with in, in the community. And is that maybe you bring up the, the term health system and maybe for the average person listening to this broadcast tonight, they don't necessarily understand what health system means, but it's beyond just what care you might receive in the doctor's office, or if you have to go to the hospital, what you might get in the hospital. Is that true? And, and maybe share a little broader perspective, what, what health system means. Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So it's, it's all the things we think of. It's the brick and mortar, right? It may be urgent care. It might be your primary care clinic. It's going to include all of our specialty clinics um, and it's going to include our ERs, our inpatient hospitalized settings, but then it also includes our next site of care partners. So think of home health services and our skilled nursing facilities, um, in our, our home infusion things. All of that is considered a part of this bigger, broader healthcare system. And, you know, not all of those um, services in our community are owned and operated by Cadillac, so it can be incredibly complex for a patient to navigate, um, to be able to get through to some of these services, to know when to access them, where to receive care, things like that. And so when we talk about 
a healthcare system, it's all of those brick and mortar type services. But then we're also talking about like benefits and entitlements and just um, healthcare plans. It's incredibly complicated to just understand maybe the coverage you have um, or to be able to afford some of those services. So, so we really look at it. Um, we, we use the language across the continuum. Um, so we're not just necessarily focused on, you know, the hospital tends to be what people know and understand or primary care. It's really every stop along the way, trying to make sure that our community members have the resources they need to navigate that very complex system. And you touch on the part of that continuum that includes the getting to the doctor, if you have to be hospitalized, getting into the hospital. But the other piece of that is, say, if you have to be hospitalized, then when you get ready to go home, you may not be able to be fully ready to go home, but you're not necessarily sick enough to be in the hospital. So then it's the, that's the other part of your job that I heard you talk about, where you're placing people after they go home in the appropriate care setting. Yeah, absolutely. So we have an incredible inpatient case management team um, that's in charge of evaluating our patients for discharge needs and creating what we call a discharge plan. Um, and often what we're trying to do, we're, there are some incredibly complex, not just medically complex, but socially complex patients. And they might be hospitalized, I think our average length of stay is four or five days. And so when you think about having a window of four or five days and you're trying to tackle homelessness, or you're trying to solve food insecurities or things like that. This team kind of puts together a um, a fast fix, if you will, or a bandage fix to make sure that we have a safe discharge plan and the patients land safely. But it's not necessarily long-term solutions that that team is setting up, right? That's not um, really within the scope. That's where Community Resource Desk comes in, and now that team can refer to the Community Resource Desk and, and we can continue some of that work. So if they have homelessness and we have a plan to safely transition them out of the hospital, um, are we connecting them with the community resource desk who's picking up with that patient and helping them um, with their homelessness or helping them get transportation so that when they have to continue um, health care services outside of the hospital, for example, they need to get to their primary care provider, but they don't have transportation. They don't have the means to pay for it, things like that. They don't know how to sign up for Dial-A-Ride. The community resource desk really comes into play there and can help um, help those patients solve immediate needs, but also help them learn to self-manage uh, um, so they know when they find themselves in this situation next time, here's some tools and what you can do, things like that. Visiting with Molly Calhoun, a director of nursing at Cadillac, talking about the community resource desk that's available in our community. We have one more segment of Molly, and we'll get more detailed into the specifics of this resource, resource desk and how you can access it. You're listening to Cadillac On Call on 610 KONA. This program provides general information only. Any comments or information presented are strictly for educational purposes. Cadillac and 610 KONA do not endorse any of the suggestions made by the presenter or callers. Now back to Cadillac On Call. Once again, Jim Hall. Welcome back to Cadillac On Call presented by the Foundations of Cadillac. And who are the Foundations of Cadillac, you might ask? There are two nonprofit healthcare community foundations in the Tri Cities, both connected to Cadillac. 
the Catholic Foundation and the Tri-Cities Cancer Center Foundation. And both raise funds throughout the community and corporate donations to support vital health services at Catholic, like the Community Health Resource Desk and the Community Health Workers. And back to our conversation with Molly Calhoun, is the Director of Clinical Operations at Catholic and also a member of the Catholic Foundation Board of Trustees. And Molly, why do you choose to give of your time to serve as a volunteer on the Catholic Foundation Board? Well, great question, Jim. Um, for a couple of reasons, uh, as a Catholic caregiver, the Foundation does some amazing things, not only just championing all of our caregivers, and they're there to cheer us on. They have, um, I think it's called the Caring Coworker um, Funds, where, where they support caregivers who, who might have um, challenges, uh, they do some incredible work in the community, which helps support some of the programs my teams work with, um, Good Samaritan funding, where we can really um, impact the poor and vulnerable and, and meet some of their needs with, with the funding we get. So I'm privileged to be to be a part, a uh, member of the board. Um, yeah, and they just do some really incredible work. And a little bit, you touched on the 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 community resource desk that the Catholic Foundation participates in, but I know another campaign that was uh, really raised elevation in the community is the 988 campaign, and certainly, as we touched on in the first segment of the program, it capitalizes on these community networks of, of organizations, but I know the Catholic Foundation has played a, a key role in helping raise visibility within that 988. Maybe first, what is 988, and two, talk about the importance of having the foundations support this. Yeah, so 988 is a national um, suicide crisis lifeline. It used to be a um, is it a ten digit number when you have the area code and all the numbers, um, and they condensed it down to make it um, easier to remember. And so, so 988 um, similar to 911, but you call 988 when you have um, suicide or um, emotional crisis. So. If you're suffering from suicidality, uh, depression, or anxiety, or you just really need someone to talk to, the 988 is a quick, easy number to recall. You can message, you can call, and you get connected to um, a crisis responder for counseling services. And so this really emerged as um, growing evidence of need in our community um, through some of our community resource desk encounters um, and where we're interacting with community partners. So... Um, our Catholic um, Population Health Community Collaborative came together and really asked what we can do now, what can be done quickly to just raise awareness. We know there's a lot of um, issues in, in access and things like that for mental health care in our community, but what can we do now, what's available now? And so we came together uh, and, and decided we were going to market this 988 number, and we also wanted to put a little... Um, kind of wrap that message in a, in a community hug, if you will. So we did um, Tri-Cities Cares, and, and our goal was to just flood the community with this message of support. We see you. Um, we're here for you. There is help. Call 988 if you need it. You know, talk to a friend. Just, just raising awareness. Um, the foundation was incredible. Not only did they step up and help um, with marketing ideas and, and messaging, um, the foundation board members were, were pushing uh, the campaign message out to all their contacts, but also with funding, um, we were able to provide free, um, like a bumper sticker and uh, posters for businesses, um, and we just offered them up to the community, really encouraged everyone to come and pick up the free um, 
the free print materials. Uh, the foundation also helped us with the cost of the design for the the message. Um, so it was incredible. And I got to tell you, I, I don't know if anyone is a Frost Me Sweet person. I, I love being there. I was in there the other day, and in the women's bathroom, on the top of their garbage cans, they have little garbage cans next to the toilets with lids. And they had, they must have printed their own stickers because it was a smaller actual sticker than what we provided for free. They had printed their own. And they thought, you know, I, ha- I was just out in the community and they saw this message and I don't know. It was a moment for me, but I was like, what a brilliant place. It's turquoise. It really caught my eye. I could see that that business went out of their way to purchase their own supply and really engage. And I think that's what it's all about. Just the whole community coming together with this message of support in all different venues. My son had a concert um, at one of the local middle schools. They had the poster up. It's just been really fun to watch. Um, And I, I really do hope that it's, you know, touched at least one, even if we touch one person, if they get 988 at the right time, just one person, mission accomplished, right? So Absolutely. it was incredible. Absolutely, okay. mission accomplished. And, and I would maybe tie all this together. You touched on this term population health, and it's kind of a, a term that not sure how to how to take it, I guess, of what that, what that really means. But just listening to you talk uh, throughout this conversation is certainly it's the healthcare services provided within the Catholic system. But it's really an effort that Catholic has helped undertake with the community and bring in partners with it to help understand what role all of these different safety net agencies play in helping provide that population improving their health, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Population health, you could get really complex, but to, to drill it down and make it really simple, it's, it's the health of a certain population. And so in that forum, we're looking at the health of Tri-Cities as a community. And there's a lot of different ways to slice that population up, but that that committee comes together and says, what's the most important for um, our community, our population, um, for their health? What are our biggest barriers? Um, And that's where this 988 campaign came out of, noticing um, from this committee that um, there is a lot of disparity in our mental health care access um, and information and knowledge and things like that. So, and that just emerged as one of the biggest population health needs last year when we were looking at it. And I know the community resource desk and the phone number, if you happen to be listening and would like to access some of the resources that this team provides, and we'll spend some time in the second half of our program learning more in detail just what the services are. But that number is area code 509-942-2956. And, and Molly, before we let you go, maybe you can set up the second half of our program for our listeners and just talk what about since this program was evolved throughout the pandemic and what it has meant to this community and to you personally over the last two years since it's formed. Yeah, great question. So we have touched um, thousands of individuals, um, clients, if you will, not necessarily Catholic patients, but um, community members. Um, we've touched them. They've, they've uh, proactively reached out to the community resource desk. We've gone out in the community and engaged with them and drawn them into the community resource desk. But it's been incredible to see our numbers come in and what services are most um, requested. So not only are we helping our community members individually, but the just from from having those encounters with the community, we're learning more about what that population needs. And so we've, we've discovered um, that really our highest requested services are for homelessness and housing and establishing with a primary care provider. 
both of which are huge drivers of health. Um, so we, we have um, great partnerships with a bunch of different um, uh, primary health care providers. Our goal in the resource desk is not get you cat, get, get, to get you established with Cadillac. Um, we have partnerships with the local FQHCs, so like Tri-Cities Community Health, the Free Clinics, Grace Clinic, um, you know, Trias. It doesn't matter. It's really person-centric. If you call in and you need a primary health um, care provider, the resource desk, is going to try and, and connect you with um, the best PCP options um, for that individual. Uh, so, so that's been great. And every person we connect, that's one step on their healthcare journey. Establishing with a primary care provider is step one. Um, so that's huge. And then there's so much amazing work that Resource Desk is doing with homelessness and housing, and you probably want to hear it from them, so I won't spoil <laughs> it, it. But we have really learned a lot from um from our homeless community members, their community members, our CHWs are teaching us as healthcare providers how we engage with them as community members and not necessarily patients and making sure our homeless population has a seat at the table. So there's a new project you got to ask them about when they're on called Homeroom. It's amazing. Um, but I'm just, I'm incredibly grateful to, to have the opportunity to participate in the work. Um, our three CHWs are absolutely incredible. Um, people, they have such diverse backgrounds, um, and, and all of Cadillac, we're, I mean, we're just learning a lot from them as we go, so it's been really exciting. Well, Molly Calhoun, thanks so much for taking the time to join us tonight, and we're going to learn more about the Cadillac Community Resource Desk. You're listening to Cadillac On Call on 610 KONA. This program is not a substitute for direct consultation with your own health care provider. Always consult your health care provider for your specific condition, especially if you have or suspect you may have a medical problem. Now back to Cadillac On Call. Here again, Jim Hall. Welcome back to Cadillac On Call presented by the Foundations at Cadillac. And if you happen to miss any part of our program, Cadillac On Call is available on podcast. Just search Cadillac On Call wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We're continuing our discussion on what's known as the Cadillac Community Resource Desk. And really, it's a just what it is described as. It's a place for people to go to not only access services available at Cadillac, but health services and community services available throughout the Tri-Cities and Benton and Franklin Counties area. And if you have a pencil, write down this number because you can access it and uh, talk to the folks that are there during the week. And that number is 509-942-2956. That's area code 509-942-2956. And we're happy to welcome to our program Laura Follett, who is the Manager of Population Health Programs at Cadillac. And, And Laura, we visited with Molly in the first part of our program to kind of set the stage of just what the problems are with population health and the purposes behind the Community Resource Desk. Maybe we'd like to have you uh, dig a little deeper for us and talk about the role that the community health workers play in all of this and, and really what you're finding the most often sought need is in our community currently. Sure. Uh, thanks, Jim, for having me. To give a little background, the Community Resource Desk was actually started prior to COVID um, under the leadership of Molly and our community health team, um, including Karen Hayes. Because we realized there's an opportunity to connect with our community kind of beyond the healthcare capacity. So we know that our community has needs, whether it's transportation to their healthcare appointment, they need help with housing, maybe it's food insecurity. Uh, we recognize that in a lot of our patients and saw an opportunity um, to really engage with not just our patients, but the community as well. Um, and then COVID really kind of 
kick-started that and provided an opportunity to, uh, through a grant, to hire community health workers, um, which started this incredible program um, with our community health workers now operating and running that community resource desk and really getting out there in our community, um, getting in touch with those people, finding those who needed our services the most, um, really kind of being frontline and saying, here we are, we're here to help. How can we help in creating those relationships? Um, and not only with our community members, but with our community uh, resource partners as well. They've really done an incredible job at building those relationships. So really being out in the community, meeting um, our members where they're at, finding what needs there are, um, which we found, you know, an array. The biggest one um, that we're seeing right now is housing. Um, so as we're working with community partners and diving into that and providing support there, um, but everything from that, um, including food insecurity, so working closely with our food banks. We have some wonderful partnerships uh, with our St. Vincent Food Bank and our Seventh-day Adventist Food Banks where we can really provide the support um, to those who come through those food banks. Uh, we can address you know, other social needs as they come through. We can help deliver boxes to those that may not be mobile enough to come through the food banks. So we've been fortunate to kind of build that program um, and build community resource desk, you know, thanks to the community health workers. And I was going to say you touched on the learnings that this, as, as these evolved over time, is it also what the health system, what, what you and your colleagues at Cadillac learned of the, where the needs are that maybe you didn't realize before this all started? Yes, Definitely. I think what we realize is that there is there's a big community, there is an opportunity where, um, you know, maybe it was not necessarily accessing Cadillac per se, but um, where there is a need to kind of break down barriers to um, accessing healthcare. And sometimes it, you know, starts with a conversation or um, starts with kind of that stigma of that fear of accessing healthcare in, in some areas. So, um, we kind of create those relationships so we can help those communities and um, that whether it's, you know, a, a learned cultural experience or, a, you know, a bad experience that they've had um, just in healthcare in general, that now when they see our faces, you know, it's not, not just medical, it's, it's, um, it's any services, any social services that we can help with, you know, we'll, we'll help with a um, housing application, you know, we'll, we'll help you get um, your utility bill, you know, marked down. So, I think that's been a big piece is that through creating these relationships, you know, we're, we're not just here to say, Hey, let's, you know, get you in, get your, your physical health taken care of, but let's improve your quality of life and create that relationship and remove those barriers and maybe change the way that you have felt about healthcare or experienced healthcare in the past. And with the community resource desk itself, you raise an interesting point that, these community health workers have to acquire knowledge to learn all of this stuff. So maybe just give our listeners, I know in our last segment, we're going to visit with one of your community health workers, but maybe talk a little bit about how that acquired knowledge and, and, and the work that the community health workers play. Absolutely. Uh, I, I do have to say it's, they're an incredible um, team. We have three of them, Jaime Cruz, uh, Sonia, Sonia, Allende and uh, Maria Perez, and um, they're just out there um, meeting everyone that they'll, you know, come across, um, and they've really done a good job of, one, 
creating partnerships with all the community resources is just incredible what this community has already in place and connecting those with our community uh, members in need. And then um, two, also knowing how to navigate healthcare because that in itself can be so challenging. So they've really developed, you know, a deep understanding of what our community has to offer incredible things along with um, understanding how to help people move and navigate through healthcare, um, and a lot of that, you know, is some learned um, from experience. Uh, they're also very in tune uh, culturally um, with a lot of our community members, um, so they can recognize and kind of speak the same language per se to to really create create that relationship um, and that level of trust there. Um, but they have uh, really, just in the past year, um, just through community partnerships and the knowledge of healthcare itself, I think has really helped kind of ease the way of our, our community and, and navigating what those needs are. And for someone that's listening, say right now, uh, we told the number 509-942-2956. What are the hours that they can talk to a live body? And I'm presuming that if it's during the off hours, they can leave messages and, and connect at the next available opportunity. But maybe give our listeners a little quick uh, uh, overview of how, how to access it. Sure. Yeah, we are a Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. service. We do have a voicemail um, and that we will return. So if it's after hours or on the weekend. Um, we also have a lot of um, flyers around the community in clinics and, and other community partners um, like in the libraries where we have a QR code. So if you aren't comfortable with, you know, maybe that phone call yet and you want to submit an electronic submission, you can do that as well. Um, we know that sometimes it, it's hard to kind of reach out and ask for help, but sometimes uh, we see a lot of people reach out that way or don't have the means necessarily uh, a telephone or a way to call us. But, you know, when they go use the library, they can reach out to us that way and, and we can meet them wherever they're at there. So and different you- ways. And you touched on that this is a, a pretty vast network, and I would I would assume it's growing by the week, month, and year just because as you learn of different opportunities to include other agencies, it just expands that network? Absolutely. Yeah, I am really been impressed um, with their initiative to kind of start those relationships with community partners um, for example, Pasco Library, you know, we are there weekly um, and community members just know that we're going to be there in the afternoon. And so they show up to kind of meet with our community health workers, you know, to address whatever needs they have. And we just expanded into the Kennewick Hewaden Library. So um, that's been a wonderful relationship. St. Vincent has been an incredible relationship that we've been able to provide community members um, with so many services and support that they need. Um, are some of our other food banks, our housing resource centers. Um, and, of course, Jim, you know, the foundation who um, we've been so fortunate to have a grant uh, where we can provide Good Samaritan funds to help those when, you know, they're really critical needs. Well, that's wonderful. Or I know from the foundation's perspective that I'm currently connected with, it's a wonderful service because I know the donors that support the foundation are community residents that, that are probably uh, just out there uh, just like you and I uh, participating and want to improve the quality of life in our community. Maybe if you would, before we let you go, Laura, just talk about what it has meant to you personally to, to be part of this, because obviously all of the work that's done in, in healthcare is is healing the sick, but this is does this prove that you're also trying to help people stay well and get well? Absolutely. And being a 
lifelong community member of Tri-Cities. I'm really proud to be part of a program like this. And I see the incredible resources that this community has. I've seen what they've done, you know, through COVID really step up and, um, you know, help support frontline workers and, you know, along with all of all of our community members who needed it. Um, so I'm, I'm continually encouraged to see the support that our, our community provides for those in need. And that's exactly what this program is trying to do is, is work with those in, in most need. Um, and our community health workers being out there community, and, and that's who they're looking to connect with. And just seeing really incredible things with the work that they're doing, you know, again, beyond just kind of the physical health, and I think Molly touched on it as well, um, how can we really support and improve your quality of life um, as, as being part of, you know, being a human and being part of this community here in Tri-Cities? Laura Follett, the Manager of Population Health Programs at Cadillac, connected to the Cadillac Community Resource Desk. You're listening to Cadillac on Call on 610-KONA. This program provides general information only. Any comments or information presented are strictly for educational purposes. Cadillac and 610-KONA do not endorse any of the suggestions made by the presenter or callers. Now back to Cadillac on Call. Once again, Jim Hall. Welcome back to Cadillac on Call presented by the Foundations at Cadillac. And we're focusing tonight on the Cadillac Community Resource Desk that's available throughout the Tri-Cities by calling 509-942-2956. It's a clearinghouse of resources available within the community, and it's staffed by knowledgeable folks who are well-versed on an array of social service agencies that are available throughout the Tri-Cities area. And we're happy to welcome to our program one of the community health workers at Cadillac's Community Resource Desk, Jaime Cruz. And Jaime, I know you've been connected with this program for a little bit of time since it formed. Talk a little bit about, from your standpoint, what it has meant to be part of this team and what it provides to our community. Hi, Jim. Yeah, um, it's been um, over two years, and it's been a really rewarding experience, Um, certainly a learning experience for me, um, getting to know... um, what is available out there for uh, my community and there's always something new to learn um and then along with um my great team maria and sonia we um we have been working really great together um and it's really um part of who we are being um attentive and available to to those that really need it and um helping um, coach our, our community that um, healthcare shouldn't just be um, going to the emergency room, but it should be a really a daily thing where we um, care for our mind and soul and body. Well, it's interesting you mentioned the word coach, and it really resonated with me because you're not only uh, probably a little bit of a teacher, too, because you're probably having to help folks understand what's available because I'm guessing that you have probably learned that healthcare can be kind of complicated and accessing all these services that you're able to to talk about and share with the community can be not necessarily easy to do so is, did you find that in your role that you're you're a coach you're a teacher you're you're just helping people find their way so to speak yeah definitely um, kind of like peer support um, just learning as we go sometimes together. 
um, because it definitely was um, a learning experience, uh, like you mentioned. And um, we, I have a little bit of background in healthcare, and even for myself, um, navigating insurances, um, doctor's appointments, and then if somebody has um, a family with, um, with members that each have a different need, it can get very over- overwhelming. And what have you learned over that two years, maybe from then to now? What What is the most pressing need? What's the most the largest concern that you hear when folks call and access this resource desk? Um, unfortunately, housing, which is um, a little bit out of our um, uh, out of what we can do sometimes. Um, and the next thing would be. Um, uh, mental health. There's a lot of people that um, are learning um, about um, how their mind works, or are um, there's not so much stigma to mental health, and they're reaching out, but there's not a lot of help. Um, that's one of the things that uh, that I've uh, seen over my. Um, my time as a community health worker. Um, and then, um, yeah, the availability of, of, um, of providers out there for, um, for all of our community members. And have you found that when folks call, one, one of the things, obviously, you're not necessarily clinically trained, so it's not like a nurse mm-hmm. line or a doctor's line, but you have to distinguish that you're not there to necessarily diagnose anything for them, but probably that gets, you know, you have to be very clear that, Hey, here is what we do and here are the resources that you can have. And then you you probably have to have that at the ready that if they are in a, maybe even a crisis situation, you have to know where to send them if it's something that has an immediate need. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, We provide them with, um, the 988 number, um, Mm -hmm. which we had a campaign a few months ago. Um, And then, obviously, with uh, 911 or the other um, crisis lines. Mm -hmm. Um, When we get these calls at the community resource desk, we remind them that we we are here just to be uh, a a support for them and then a connection to to somebody that can better help them. because yeah, um, obviously, if somebody is is in crisis, we uh, there's not much we can do. But uh, we get those calls sometimes where some, when an episode has passed, mm-hmm. and they are willing to um, start looking into insurance so they can start getting care, which is um, a, a great step in their part. Sure. One final question before we let you go, and I I just ask you if you wouldn't mind just sharing uh, what about what you do has been most rewarding and most beneficial or personally to to what you feel? Um, Most rewarding for me is just being available to my community and uh, helping them in whatever I can and seeing how the community responds back by being even more grateful, um, being more charitable, and starting to volunteer themselves and giving back to the community. Well, thanks so much for taking the time, and thanks for what you and your colleagues do. 
throughout the week in support of our community. Jaime Cruz, a community health worker with the Cadillac Community Resource Desk. And if you'd like to access that number, that number again is 509-942-2956. Our thanks to Jaime, to Laura, and to Molly. And thank you for listening to Cadillac on Call. We'll talk again next week.